All right, Justin, sing me a song that just makes you feel good. Hmm. Let's go with, man, that's so many songs. There's so many that I'm having trouble choosing one. Uh, oh my God, this is like the easiest one ever. Come on, Justin, don't get defeated by this one. (laughs) I know. No, is it going to beat me? Is it going to defeat me? I don't know. You put your right hand in, you put your right hand out, you put your right hand in, and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey, and you turn yourself around. This That's is sad. what it's all about. Hokey <laughs> Jason, you cannot sit there and say you are having a dilemma choosing what song makes you feel good and having a mental struggle and then choose the hokey pokey. But you put your left <laughs> no. foot in and put your left foot no, out. No, Justin. No. But that is a feel-good song. It's fun. You get to participate. That that is not a feel-good song. Yes, it is. No one one has elicited emotions from the hokey pokey after they they, they turn the age of eight. It's scientifically impossible. So 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 you were proven wrong. (laughs) No, it's not, because Heather just laughed. I got a laughter out of her because I chose that song. Because she remembered it. And probably thought about a yes. time she had fun doing it. No, no, so there. no one that does. You are proven Jesse, wrong name, in an instant. Name one time you remember doing the hokey pokey. And it was fun? Yeah. A specific when I was time. a kid. Yeah, name one specific time when you were a kid, though. Um, I think we did it at church one time. And everybody was doing it, and the adults did it, too. And it was kind of fun because they were doing it, too. This just sounds concocted. No, it wasn't. It was an Easter. It was one of those Easter. Uh, it, it wasn't like Sunday morning church. It was like afternoon church because we were celebrating Easter. So I, that's why I vividly remember it because I had a speech that I had to do and I was nervous about it. But earlier we did the hokey pokey. It's kind of a little like icebreaker gimmick sort of thing. So I remember it. I just don't feel like I should accept this. Because I just don't really see how an adult man has a feel-good song of the hokey pokey. Nostalgia. But you're you're anti-nostalgia, so maybe you don't understand that. But, yeah, man. It's just nostalgic. You remember how you felt when you were a kid. Heather, do you buy this bullshit? (laughs) I mean... I do. I buy it because I feel like little Jason oh, as a kid probably was like really into that, like at a party or something. I just, I imagine it. I envision that happening. <laughs> I'm just picturing child Jaston <laughs> as a, a very small version of adult Jaston, complete with facial hair. <laughs> Just like missing some teeth because his adult teeth haven't come in yet. <laughs> I guess. Whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to say the words, but sure. All right, Heather, what's your feel good song? I don't like this game anymore to, on this episode. I don't like it anymore. 
Because he landed on Hokey Pokey? <laughs> because I feel like mm. it, I'm feeling like it's a sham. <laughs> hmm. Am I going? Sorry, I didn't. Is it my turn? Yeah, yeah. I said, Heather, go. <laughs> okay, sorry. So, mine, I've been a little bit on a Rihanna kick. So, mine's going to be, we found love in a hopeless place. We found love in a hopeless place. That song. I don't know if that song should make you feel good. But I, if it does, then it does, you know? Yeah, but I think the song's about Chris Brown. Oh, see that? I didn't know. That's why I don't think it should make you feel good. It's on the soundtrack of Magic Mike, too, though. So I didn't, yeah. I'm just saying, I think the song is about Chris Brown. Well, for me, it is not. I didn't know that. I did not know that at all. (laughs) I just think I remember that time period. It was before the whole situation happened. But they were together. I thought it was way after. I thought it was at the same time. I thought she was dating Chris Brown when it happened, when that song came out. Well, I remember, I mean, I remember that the whole Chris Brown Rihanna thing happened when I was in college. And that song came out in 2011. I just looked it up. So I'm just hoping it's not about him. I'm looking. Because I do remember that I was a major Chris Brown fan in college because I loved like his music and all this stuff, you know, we would do like dance routines and stuff like that to his songs in one of our classes. And then suddenly that happened. And I was like, dang, I can't like his music anymore. This is terrible. So apparently, yes, the Rihanna stuff happened in 2009 and the song was written by Calvin Harris. So. Mm, Okay. You get a pass, okay, so Heather. so we will accept. Yay, thanks. See, it wasn't far off, though. They came, the, the, the events happened two years apart. Yeah, it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty close together. You're right. And I think that was around the time also, she was constantly going back to Chris Brown for a while. Also true. Yeah, there was a kind of back and forth for a few years, I think, right? Yeah, so. But since she didn't write it, you can argue that he, Calvin Harris wrote it about I don't know, Taylor Swift. True. So, that'll work. I will accept that infinitely more than I accept it. I I will accept <laughs> Justin's. I just can't believe you settled what? on the hokey pokey. You were having an internal battle. And you went, hokey pokey time. <laughs> hey, every now and then, there's just a good time for it, you know? Yeah, when you're eight. <laughs> do you like do that song like to warm up for like matches and stuff? And we just don't know. Like that's your actual song that like gets you hyped up. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> you should have just said more no. bullshit and just said yes. <laughs> <laughs> but come on, man! I mean, everybody who doesn't like those. Follow direction songs. I mean, there's me very specifically. There's a ton of them, and they always just seem to last forever. I mean, you know, it's 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 a common type of song that has been around forever. Whether you're talking about the 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 chocolate slide or 
you, you know, it's just, you know, uh, cha-cha real smooth. Do, 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 do. I mean, there are yeah. hundreds of it's like follow these direction yeah. songs. It, it's just, you know, that's just one of them that came up. But all of those are feel-good songs, and everybody likes them and I has them. Man. every single one of those. Do you? <laughs> when I was all getting married, I do. When I was getting married. To the right, to the right, yes, to the left, to the left. Yes. When I was getting married and we were having our meeting with our DJ before the wedding, I was like, I don't want any of those songs played. I fucking hate them. And he was like, look, <laughs> I get it. But are you going to be on the dance floor all night? And I was like, fuck no. And he was like, all right. Other people will be. It's my job to make sure they dance. And he's like, how do you get white people to dance? That song. Mm-hmm. I was like, fine. But I just want you to write down your notes that I protest. And I could argue that the reason why those songs continue to be popular is because we grew up on songs like the Hokey Pokey. That's or white people as together. a whole don't know how to <laughs> fucking dance unless they're told what to fucking do. <laughs> Listen, Maybe that's I, some you of can it. speak for yourself because, like, oh, I rock out to that song and I'm I make it my own. <laughs> calling all white people out, all of them, even ones I, make I know. It my own. It's fine. Even ones I know that can dance, like Channing Tatum can dance. Uh, what's his name? Derek Ho or Ha or oh, however the fuck you say his name. He can dance. Still calling him out. But you know, you would watch them doing that dance. All day. Well, Channing Tatum shirtless, fuck yeah, I would. <laughs> I also just now realized that, like, that's a good segue into this episode with Channing Tatum. Here's our theme song. Cinema Slayers. 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 Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight, we will be talking about the Ryan Reynolds movie, Free Guy. We will be talking about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between. We will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores, and then into a more spoiler-centric section. With time codes in the description to... Allow you to jump around if you so need to. And with that, Justin, what are your spoiler-free thoughts about Free Guy? I always go first. No, but anyway. Um, do you want to know uh, why I do no, that very specifically? Why do you do that? So I, I do wonder. you first in this section, so then Heather's second. And then when we go into... Um, it's because when we go into spoilers, you're typically longer than Heather. Just... Throughout all our episodes, I've noticed you're typically longer than Heather in that. So I do that so Heather doesn't have to wait around <laughs> going through both you and me in that section. So I do it to alternate it, kind of. Oh, okay. So there was actually a method to yeah. this madness. Okay. 
I thought you were going to say because you like to start do to do spoilers first, so that's why you. Oh, that's also true. No, that's think. totally true, also. But that's why I that's go. What oh. I thought the answer was going to be. Well, it is because I go you, then Heather, then me, then I go me, Heather, you. It's a circle type of thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, I mean, it is a combination of that. I very much do like starting the spoilers, um, but it's just because, and it's it's just. The way you analyze movies, you typically go longer. And then sometimes Heather goes and she might not have as much to say, but we've both said every one of her points. So just to make it easier. And now the world knows our secrets. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, honestly, it's because you and me are long-winded people. We talk. Heather's not as... Like I said, long-winded as we are. So just to make sure that, you know, she gets to say more of her points without us just scalping them all. I just try to do it that way. That's all. Okay. I didn't know that I was opening up that box, but okay. Now I know. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think there was going to be an actual analytical answer to that, but okay. I thought it was just read like you were just... Doing what you felt, but randomly choosing someone. Yeah, I just thought it was. I thought it was. I thought he was really thinking it was random, but he was actually just choosing me all the time. I thought it was going to be something funny like that, but I guess not. Like because I do all the editing and everything else with this, you'd be surprised what I'm constantly thinking about with that stuff. (laughs) Cool. Cool. A cooler answer than what I thought I was going to get. But anyway, back to the free guy. Um, no, man. Um, overall, I enjoyed this movie. Um, I thought that it was, it, it was, it was, it was fun, man. And I think that that's the best word that I can use to describe it. It was just a lot of fun, man. This was just, um, the, I think that when you talk about a summer movie, this is probably what defines a summer movie it was just very lighthearted, um but it also has a lot of heart you know lighthearted in the sense that it's nothing that the, you know there's nothing too crazy going on it's not dark and twisted or anything of that nature so lighthearted in that way this is very light subject matter this is video games but the the film does have a lot of heart with its acting and its characters and it's a very well written story uh, definitely a better written story than what i thought i was going to get especially when i saw the previews and everything like that so uh yeah i think that this is just pretty much a quintessential good time at the movies just whatever that is to you this movie probably is that. I think that that's the best way that I can describe it. Um, Ryan Reynolds as Guy, uh, pretty much this is the kind of Ryan Reynolds that really just made him a star. He's comfortable being this kind of Ryan Reynolds, this quirky, kind of funny, kind of just... uh in a way, in a lot of ways, uh, self-aware about some things, but just kind of, you know, he's got a certain type of charisma that, that he brings to a role. And this is that role. This is that same kind of role that made him popular in Deadpool, that made him 
popular in all of his movies. This is pretty much like the standard Ryan Reynolds role. And I'm not tired of that yet. I don't know about anybody else, but it hasn't come to the point to me where I'm like, man, Ryan Reynolds, I can't stand this guy or I can't stand this kind of acting or I don't like this character anymore. I'm not really tired of this. You know, I think that it works for the kind of characters that he plays and the kind of movies he's in. I enjoy him. So I enjoyed this performance. Uh, but but no doubt in my mind, the standout performer here is Jodie Comer. I really think that she is probably the the heart and soul of this movie. I think that she her performance really this movie kind of really it, it kind of comes and goes on her performance despite ryan reynolds being the main character like i feel like she has such a big role in this um especially playing the two characters that she plays um and and having to have chemistry with two different actors in order for this to work i really think that this kind of uh, that's a lot of pressure on her and she delivers in spades. So, and I don't want to get into too many specifics, but you know, uh, I really think that Jody is really like the standout in this, um, in this movie. Um, but, but there were other side characters that did great too. Joe Keery, which right when I saw him, I was like, Ooh, stranger things, you know, he was good in this as keys, um and and uh Taika Watiti, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least say, man, he was great in this too. Like, and I don't know, Taika Watiti is kind of becoming my favorite cameo person. If there was an Academy Award for cameo yeah. king or cameo cameo person, I don't know how this guy isn't winning it. Like, if there was if there was like That's a life, if there was like a lifetime achievement award for cameos. At the end of his career, when it's all said and done, he better pick that up. He's not, if he doesn't win that, I don't know who should, because I mean, man, this guy is just so good in a small role. Like he just kills it every single time. I think about Jojo Rabbit and stuff like that. Like, I mean, he, Taika Waititi just kills, seemingly kills it every time for me. But yeah, man, this movie is very entertaining all of the video game references and stuff like that if you're a gamer in 2021 you're gonna see stuff that you recognize and you're gonna appreciate what they do you're gonna see gaming personalities that you recognize and content creators that are big on gaming and all of them are represented here to kind of deliver the authenticity of the gaming world and the storytelling in that way. So I even appreciated that. And uh Taika Waititi, I was just talking about cameos. Boy, are there some great cameos in this. And I can't say them here because, I mean, they definitely have to be said in the spoilers, but just about every cameo, they nailed it here. Just about everything that they did or tried to do. And it was cool that they really save a lot of those for pivotal points in the movie so it really works you don't feel they don't feel overdone or overstuffed or anything like that so yeah all in all man th this was a very entertaining time at the movies it's smartly written it's got charismatic leads that really show up 
And overall, this was just a popcorn fun good time. Heather, what about you? Yeah, so I'll start by kind of piggybacking off of what you said, Justin. Um, the the way that they do the cameos in this is really great because you see so many movies where they just get so many like A list names to be in a movie that is so like mediocre and usually or a lot of times just bad <laughs> that it just doesn't work and they're not utilized in the right way. And I do agree. I think they totally used every cameo and guest appearance and whatever else in this really well. Um, and yeah, I just honestly, I, I think this was a great movie. I had so much fun with this movie. I think it was funny. I think it was a creative and unique story. I think the chemistry and dynamics between the characters was super great. Ryan Reynolds is always funny. I also agree with that. Like, his style of humor, I just think is constantly funny because it's not like you just never feel like he's trying to overdo it when he's trying to deliver those funny moments. He hits the right notes every time with how he does it, I feel like, or most of the time when he does it. And so it just, it, it always seems to make me laugh when he does his own thing that he does in movies, like his particular brand of humor I appreciate because he just does it in the right moments. He doesn't overdo and he's just so funny. So I agree with that as well. Um, Jodie Comer was super great in this as well. And uh, Joe Keery, Taika YTD, everybody that you mentioned is so good. Like, and they just play such, they're all just very different types of characters in this, but man, the way that their chemistry is together with each of them is so good. Like it just, it has this very like, I don't know, like refreshing feel about it because you feel like it's the, it's just kind of the, the dynamics you would expect from people either working in that field or people working together for a long time or whatever else. Like you just feel like that's really kind of the dynamic and chemistry that they would probably have. So I, I really appreciated that. Um, I, I just really like where the story went. Like it really was a, a good action adventure. Like there, there were some good action scenes in it as well. Um, I just, I like the way the story progressed. I like sort of some of the, um, you know, just in general, the over overlaying story of what they were doing was really great. And, um, it just, yeah, it was just a really well-written script. I feel like, and I'm not a gamer, but I mean, I, I just thought it was so much fun. Like I just kind of, I got a lot of what they were trying to do with it. And yeah, I just really, this was just such a, a fun movie. Like I, I left the theater and I was just like completely satisfied with this movie. I was like, that was super fun. That was funny. That was totally worth my time. And yeah, it was just really, everything they did was very, I feel like strategic and placed well in the movie when they did it. So I appreciated that. And, um, yeah, it was just really overall, I honestly just thought it was, it might be one of my favorite of the more recent movies we've seen that are new. It's probably one of my favorites. I just think it's really fun. So you guys are like, we're talking about the cameos and stuff and like, so I started looking through the cast. There's actually way more cameos than I knew. 
there's a few people hidden in there. Yep. Um, the, I mean, you don't see their face, so it's not like you can really be blamed for not knowing they were in it. Um, yeah. But uh, so this movie to me, I'm going to go on a journey with you guys and and just follow along. I promise. I think I know what I'm talking about. Um, so what this movie does, I think, for video game movies is a lot like what The Incredibles did for comic book movies. Um, just how, you know, The Incredibles isn't specific to a comic book. It just steals elements from comic book heroes and all this other stuff. But it just tells a great family dynamic superhero story. And especially at the time, we weren't really used to that. Like, outside of a few Batman movies and this and that, like, there was never really just a true like comic book movie type of thing. Yeah, we had had some of the X-Men movies, and yeah, we had some of the Spider-Man movies, but I think those all sucked. But, it's just The Incredibles kind of just define things in a different way. Especially with the Fantastic Four. That is more or less kind of what they ripped off. You know, it's somehow we've gotten two shitty Fantastic Four movies, and then this movie comes along and does a Fantastic Four movie, and it's amazing. And it's like, how many video game movies have we gotten over the ages? And it wasn't until recently that you had gotten two that really kind of stand up. You know, uh, when it comes to like Detective Pikachu and Sonic. Now, I wasn't as high on Sonic, but it was still safe to say it was the best video game movie that had been made. Even though I wasn't even that high on it. It was still the best one that had ever been made. And I think that this kind of does the same thing, where it's not any specific video game. In fact, if anything, it rips off, I guess, Grand Theft Auto more than anything. But there's nothing really specific about it. And it's just a movie that's in a video game world. And it kind of, it, it, it works better than almost all video game movies. Just because it nails kind of more about why people play video games and what people like about video games more than most video game movies do. Most video game movies just want the property and they don't care really why people like it. I.e. 2021's Mortal Kombat. Or Super Mario Brothers, in fact. I mean, that movie had no clue why people like Mario. <laughs> it really thought that people liked Mario because of the name Mario, and that's about it. And so this movie actually shows why people like video games. And why people would like a video game like this. They cared more in this movie about a fictionalized video game and its fan base than most movie studios care about the video games and their fan bases that we get movies for. And it shows. Because, like Heather and Justin have both said and everything, it's, it's just a fun, good time movie. And I'm right there with you, Justin, of I'm really surprised I'm not tired of this Ryan Reynolds yet. I feel like I should be. Because this isn't a new Ryan Reynolds. 
Nope. This is the <laughs> same Ryan Reynolds we've had since Two Guys a Girl in a Pizza Place. And I feel like I should hate it. But he's just so goddamn charming. Yeah, he is. Like, once again, this movie shows how far just having charming characters can really take a movie. And when you don't have those in a franchise that's had them lately, how much it feels like, and like how much it feels, how much you can feel that change. I kept saying feels when I meant to just say, or I kept saying feel when I meant feels. And anyway, it's, it's really just kind of odd because I really do want to hate him at this point. He does the same thing over and over again. And now I have seen a lot of those other movies where he does some other stuff. Like what's this movie, a burial or bury me or bury or something like that. He does very oh, good. That in was that movie. great. Yeah, that was great. But he's got the, he's got the chops. He can do whatever, but he's just so fucking charming with his roles that he, he might as well just do this because weirdly enough, this isn't that different from Deadpool. But it feels different. He's very good at taking that version of Ryan Reynolds and just tweaking it ever so slightly, depending on what movie it is. He's not that different from Deadpool in this movie. But he's different enough to where he blends his charm into this movie. And then he's surrounded by people that balance well with that. Uh, What's her name? Uh, Jodie Cromer? She was great balancing off his charm. Uh, Lil Rel was great at balancing off his charm. Like it's one of those little things like that that it just helps the movie kind of just flow that much better. And it really is just, it makes you feel good. And I'm not necessarily a person that likes going to the movies to feel good. Like, I feel kind of weird when I just have a feel-good time at the movies. But this movie just kind of makes you have it. And kind of just makes you feel good having it. As weird as that may sound, it makes sense in my head. But it just really kind of works on so many levels when it probably shouldn't. It's It just kind of shows how well-crafted this movie was also. That... It's kind of a dumb little premise that kind of feels like it shouldn't be as good as it is. But because people took the time and put the effort in and truly cared about what kind of product they were putting out, it works. Now, I'm not saying that this is like, you know, some like Academy Award level movie, but it's like a quintessential good, good time at the movies in the summer, though. And you know what? It's the summer, so it works. It'd probably be a good time in the winter, too. I'm just saying. That's what the summer movies are known for. You know, this is summer blockbuster time. In a time where we really don't have blockbusters at the moment. So it kind of just works. And I will say this, too. AMC was on, on some great popcorn game when I went to see this, too. They just nailed it that day. <laughs> Great popcorn that day. And that also helps too. It's kind maybe of, that's what you were really happy about when you left the theater. Maybe. 
Because it can really, it can affect your time at the movies. It can affect your viewing of a movie when you get bad popcorn. I, I guess I should say, you know, bad snacks. But I always get popcorn. Every movie I go to, I get popcorn. So, you know, you get that bad popcorn, yeah. Kind of just gets under your skin a little bit and might, might taint your viewing of the movie. But like this, you get some good popcorn? Nah. It might take that movie that's like sitting, you know, like at a solid seven. It might make it an eight when you get that good popcorn. Because who can be sad when they're eating good popcorn? No one. Mm-mm-mm. Man, now I want some popcorn. Uh, recommendations, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Recommendations and score. Uh, Heather, go. Yeah, I for sure recommend this. I think it it is fun. Um, yeah, it, it is that feel good movie for me. I think it's a very rewatchable movie. If I'm just looking for something fun to have on, this is definitely a good one to revisit. Um, Ryan Reynolds does do his charming thing. Most of this cast does a very charming thing. Um, and yeah, it's it, it is just a, for me. I feel like it was a unique take. I agree with Sterling in that. You know, this movie shouldn't have been as good as it was based on the premise of what it was, but they made the story unique. They made it original in some ways, and they just filled it with a cast full of people that just really pulled off the goal of what this movie was. And all of that means to me that it's definitely a solid movie and a must-see fun film. So, yeah, I definitely do recommend it. I'm going to give it a... Um, I'm going to give it 90 tattoos of a blue shirt on a larger version of blue shirt guy out of a hundred. All right, Justin, what about you? Yeah, I also recommend it too. I mean, I think that if, uh, you're just looking for just, uh, like we've all said, just a fun movie, just a kind of a, you know, thought free, good time, then I think that this is pretty much the the movie for you you know it's it's just one of those where it's it's breezy it's got a breezy runtime and and it's a lot of fun and there's nothing too much to figure out about it i mean if you're even if you're not like a person who's a fan of video games or a a, you know quote-unquote a gamer person or anything like that I think that the the script, and that's why it's a smartly written script. It's a script where even if you're not of that world or from that world or know of that world, you can still relate to this. That you can still have fun with this, and uh, the, the, they they tell the story well enough to where even a non gamer person can process it and stuff like that. But if you are a gamer, you'll like all of the things that it has and the references and the, and the homages and everything that it has in here too. You'll appreciate all that, but you don't have to be a gamer to appreciate what it is. So I think that if you're looking for that kind of experience, that's what this is. You know, it is just like we said, it's just a mindless good time. And Ryan Reynolds is doing what he does best. And yeah, I know that we've seen Ryan Reynolds do this kind of role a lot. But I honestly think that this is the role that he likes doing the most. I just get the feeling that 
this is what he likes doing. Sure, he can do the more complex, like dramatic stuff. He definitely has the skill to do that. But you get the feeling that this is what he likes to do. He just likes to have fun. He likes to make people laugh. I think he likes to make people smile. I would think that that's what he likes. I feel like he's so good at it because he honestly just likes this kind of role. He likes when he can be this kind of character. And, and, and I don't know. I, I, I feel that through the screen, especially like when you think about Deadpool and stuff like it, the the way that he plays that character and like how dead on he is with the performance. It's almost like a match made in heaven. And you can tell he loves playing the character. Just like you can tell Tom Holland loves playing Spider-Man or any number of them, you know, and like he loves doing this kind of movie. And that really shows and that really comes out in his performance. So if you're looking for something like that, something that's going to make you laugh, make you smile, there's not too much to process or anything like that. This is definitely like the polar opposite of something like Green Knight, where you're kind of picking it apart and figuring it out and things like that. This is just a breezy, mindless good time. So I definitely recommend it. If that's the kind of movie you're looking for this summer, this is the one. And, and this is probably the, the best one of those types of movies that you can watch quality wise. So yeah, go, go see this one. If you're just looking for an hour and a half to blow and you want to do it on something fun, this is it. This is that movie. Um, as far as a score, we're going to go with um, 85 uh, <laughs> Glocks uh, in my pocket that were almost mistaken for something else out of 100. Oh, my. Oh, my, my, my. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I recommend it. It's a feel-good time. I don't really feel how much I can like expound upon what you guys were saying in this part and stuff. It's just it's a fun movie to watch. Really good time. Ryan Reynolds is charming. Everyone that is in this movie that needs to be charming is charming, I should say. Not really the like, you know, some of the characters aren't meant to be, so it works. Um, no, just really enjoyed it. Thought it was great. I'll go over some more points in a little bit. Uh, I'll give it a. Uh, 82. 82. Uh, Dancing Channing Tatum's out of 100. Spoilers? Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah, just like how we, you know, would it would have worked better if I could talk about it then, but when we're talking about Dancing Channing Tatum, it just kind of works that he's also the first person you see in this movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, I didn't realize Dwayne the Rock Johnson was in this movie. Yep. I also didn't realize uh, Hugh Jackman was. And uh, there was one other person that I was really surprised was in this. Krasinski. Do what? John Krasinski. Yeah, John Krasinski. That'd be it. I didn't realize they were all in this movie. On top of the other cameos we did get. You know, I just didn't know they were in this. Which is fun because I mean it just kind of shows how much these people like enjoy working with Ryan Reynolds because then they want to just do stuff with him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
I'm kind of semi at a loss of words of what to say. You know what? We're going to go off script on this. Heather, you go before me. Let me, let really? Me, let me, I'm not used to recording this early in the week, guys. I thought <laughs> I'm used to having a few days to really kind of build my Process. thoughts. I mean, <laughs> I guess in a weird way, there's not much. I, I guess one reason why I'm having a little bit of problem is there's not really too much too terribly spoil in this movie. It's not like there really is any crazy plot twists. I mean, it's got a fairly standard form with some of that stuff, you know? But at the same time, there are just things you don't want to tell people until you're in the spoiler section, like, which I know we are now, but I'm just saying, like, you know, like the, like Chris Evans cameo in this works because it's a surprise, you know? So you don't want to tell people about it, but. It's also not really a plot point in the movie. You know, there's not really any plot points that I feel like you could ruin because it's a fairly standard plot. It does it does it very well. It tells the version of the same old plot, you know, very well. But can you really spoil it? Was there anything outside of a specific scene? But was there anything plot-wise you guys were surprised with, really? Um... No, I don't think so. I wouldn't say there was anything that surprised me with it, no. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Surprised is uh, is an interesting word. I, I mean, I guess no, not in the sense that uh, because you weren't necessarily trying to figure out, like there was a mystery to the story. But as far as like something surprising me, I mean, the only thing I mean, if anything, there were pleasant surprises like like the Chris Evans cameo. Cameos, that you're talk- yeah, yeah that, that you're talking about. There were pleasant ones or when the plot kind of goes to a place and you're like, hmm, well, wow. OK, that actually makes sense or OK, I actually buy that or something like that. You know, there were, I guess, pleasant surprises like, oh, man, I can't believe that they, you know, that that they went a certain route and then it actually kind of worked. You know, um, th- th- there was stuff like that. But as far as just like. I think what you're talking about is like a big surprising like plot point or a plot twist to where it's like oh this is um you get to the end and you find out oh man that this person's really that person or something crazy like that no there was nothing crazy in that regard well i mean i i just kind of mean like there was never any doubt in your mind that taika watiti stole their code you know what i mean right and there was no doubt that um keys was obviously in love with uh Yeah, and, that's what I'm saying. Is like, is the, know, far as the main story beats go, it was just very right. by the book. Now, the only surprise for me, really, other than just the cameos, which were funny, um, was the the guy, dude, the unfinished character being actually Ryan Reynolds' face. That was surprising, but it was funny. So, but it's not really a plot point. It was just I didn't expect it. So, yeah, because they could have done it without. You know, they could have just had it be a big right. guy. Um, I'm just saying, like, it was a very by-the-numbers plot. 
you know, so there's not really a way to spoil aspects of this movie without just actually just spoil spoiling specific scenes that just kind of add fun right. to the movie. You know what I mean? Like you could spoil the cameos. It doesn't technically ruin the movie, but it just kind of, you know, would ruin some of the fun of it. Cause that is part of the fun of this movie is just those little details here and there. Um, but I will say this, I, I, I know I kicked it to you, Heather, but I, I, I found my groove. We're good. Um, okay. I did like the way they did lo- the love story. It felt, it felt very organic in this plot. Well, you know, like when you had Jungle Cruise, I hated that they threw a love story in that. Of course they did because, you know, every movie feels like they need to do that all the time. But like the way they did the love story in this was very organic. It didn't feel forced. It worked. You know, even that scene where what's her name realizes that uh, the other guy keys whatever loves her. Yeah. I thought it was a little cheesy when she's just like staring at the screen talking and she's just like mouth open a gasp. Like I was like, all right, this is a little cheesy, but it's the, I guess the right kind of cheesy because it's, you know, rom-com level realizing you're in love cheesy that they all do. And just with these actors and their natural abilities and their natural likability and charms, it works because of that, you know? Yeah. And so like, it didn't throw like, do I really think it was needed? No, but I like the way they wove it into the plot though. I like how they just made the love story matter a little bit more without it just being, will they, won't they the whole movie? Like they didn't give the love story unnecessary focus at the sacrifice of everything else. They wove it in because I liked the fact that him being in love with her, like in a way tainted the AI code she wrote that allowed for guy to break free. Like that's what allowed him to break free of his programming was the fact that he was written as a character that was supposed to be in love with her without even knowing it. Like, I like the fact that they did that. It it adds uh, some depth to the love story without taking away from what, you know, the main point of the movie is, which is a little video game guy running around. But like, I also kind of liked how they went into the monotony of what it would be to be like a, a a non-playable character. Like in a way that they bring up several times in this movie is like, that's something gamers don't necessarily think about. Like the point of view of the non-playable character of the NPCs. And I like how they built into it that like, you know, he just wakes up every day and he gets the same coffee order and it's like he's living this life that's pre-programmed to the fact that like they're so used to in this world having their bank robbed that when it's pointed out to them that in the real world the bank isn't robbed several times a day that they just couldn't right. believe it. <laughs> or like when they bring up some of the stuff with uh 
like the the bank robberies and stuff like that. When they're like, oh, it's a bank robbery earlier. Oh, which one? The 430 or the 5? Like, it's just such a part of their life. Right. You know, it's like scheduled almost for them. You know, and I just like appreciated those little details in it. That if you really think about it in this type of video game, these people existed exactly like NPCs would. You know, because like when one of the missions is to rob a bank or to rob this gas station or whatever, to them that would just be normal life. You know, and so I just liked those little aspects of it that just kind of fleshed out things that most people probably never think about in their normal everyday video gaming lives. So I'll think of some more stuff later. Uh, Now, Heather, you can go. I won't be rude and say you can go and then talk for another (laughs) 10 minutes. No, you're good. Um, No, I agree. I, I, I like the way they did the love story because while it wasn't surprising that that was the kind of the end result of it, um, I, I just, I do like that it was like, oh, she thought she was like in love with this video game character when really she was kind of in love with the guy that she programmed with. You know, I, I like how they played it to where it was predictable, but it wasn't done the same way that you always see it to where you're just completely like, yeah, this is stupid. We know what's going to happen. Move on. Like, I did want to see how that was going to play out. I did want to see how they were going to end that or what they were going to do with that. So, um, so I, I think they did a good job with that part of it. Um, there, there honestly were just some moments where I just really, like, I laughed out loud. Like, there were just some really funny moments. Like, the cameos, like Chris Evans' cameo that made me laugh so hard. And um, even, like, Channing Tatum, when he's just, like, being really crazy and doing all these dance moves around them when he's, like, trying to get the... Um, you know, the information he needed, like Channing Tatum was super funny in this. Like he just really was. And I am, I am not afraid to admit that because you know, my feelings on Channing Tatum, he was very funny in this. I think he did a great job as his character. And, um, you know, he was actually just the perfect choice to play like that. He's a hero, you know, with like the glasses. And I love the, the whole idea of like, Oh, the heroes are the ones that wear the glasses and we can't talk to them. And, I thought that was kind of a clever way to kind of, you know, identify who was who and just kind of say like, oh, they're too cool for us. And, you know, they wear the glasses and it was just funny how they did it. It was, it was kind of cute. So, um, but yeah, and I just think that, um, the, the underlying story and even just the whole, the whole idea when it comes to like sort of the, the high point of the story where um, Millie realizes that she has to tell guy that he's not like a real person in this world that he's known forever. And for him, it's, it's, he, he is real. And I really liked that moment too, like that, that scene and everything when he's realizing what's actually happening here, because you also do get to see that more serious side of what Ryan Reynolds can do. You know, he was very sincere and very earnest and very, like, believable and just like a very, like, my life is crushed right now because I'm realizing that I'm not a real person kind of thing. And it was just really well done. And, um, and even the part when 
you know, she tells him he has to be the one to go out beyond the the bridge or whatever to try and, like, prove that uh, Taika Waititi's character stole their code. Um, I, I just, that whole scene, you know, and, like, that was such a, like, his heroic moment, right? And the, I love the song, and they just did these different versions of the Mariah Carey song, and I just thought it was really just very good, very clever how they did it all. But, I mean, Jodie Comer, she just really owned this movie. Like, she played two characters so well. Technically, she was only one person, but she played just the opposite ends of personalities in this so well. And and I love that whole idea, too, of, like, all of these people in this game are completely just being people that they're not in their real life. And I thought that was cool, because I think that's true. Like, from what I've heard, that's sort of you know, a big thing that a lot of people I know like to do. They're just like, yeah, you get to kind of be whoever you want, right? And um, I like that they kind of played on that aspect of it in this movie where every person that you see, like, who the real person is playing it is completely different than the person that they are in the game. And it it was just kind of cool how they did that. So I, I feel like they just had a lot of attention to detail here with this movie and how they did it. And um it really could have gone poorly, especially with just so many people who are very into games and play these games and things like that, where you could easily call out them being like, yeah, that's dumb. That's not a thing. That's stupid. Like they made it work, you know? And again, I'm not a gamer, so it, maybe they weren't as good at that as I thought, but based on what you guys are saying, it sounds like they really were like, they just really did such a good job of making it feel like that video game world. And you know, I just thought it was, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like everything they did was so intentional and they had so much detail and thought behind how they created this world and how they created these characters and their development. And there is a lot of character development in this movie, which is just super weird to say. I mean, it's about a video game, right? But just seeing him being this like artificial intelligent life, becoming his own life throughout the movie was just really cool to see. And even, you know, they even do the whole thing of like, oh, you reboot and, you know, he kind of just goes back to the, what he was before and all of that. Like it just, they were so clever in their choices they made here. Um, And I really liked Keys. I liked his character. Um, I I think that he was, and I like that guy, Joe Curie. I think he's great in Stranger Things. Like he's, He's just very, you know, like I, I loved when him and the other guy go into the game and he's the cop and then the other guy's the bunny for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> like they're just like trying to be like these like badass cops and it's just completely the opposite of who they are. And it was just, it's just really funny to see the, the differences in the real people versus who they choose to be in this game. Uh, that was kind of one of the most fun aspects of it to me. And, um, and I, again, another thing that just really made me laugh super hard was just, um, dude, the, the supposedly, you know, upgraded version of, of guy in the new game that was going to come out that wasn't finished yet or whatever. And that just was so funny to me, like how he just didn't even have like finished sentences, like. He was just like catchphrase, you know, like it was just so funny. And I laughed so hard at that. 
And like at the end when he's like friendly gesture, you know, he just still has no idea like what he's actually supposed to be doing. And um, yeah, I just think that was just super clever and it made it very like kind of like what Sterling said, just very organic, funny, organic jokes, organic, like wit to it. Like everything, it felt natural. It didn't feel like they were trying to force these things to be funny. They just were funny. And you didn't feel like they were trying to force these characters to have this connection or chemistry because it just was there. So yeah, I just think everything they, and uh, I don't know why, but I just, I totally agree with you, Justin, about Taika Waititi. He's just, he's kind of brilliant. Like he's just this brilliant, creative writer and director. But when he does his characters in movies, you're just like, you can literally play anybody. It's insane. Like, I don't even know how he does it. Like, how do you play Hitler in such a way to where you're not completely, like, like, people are like, what are you doing? You know, like, and how do you play these characters? And just, like, he's a very unlikable person in this movie. But again, with that charm, he has some kind of charm with it, though, too, where you're just like, you are rocking this character. Like, you are totally just so funny as this character. So I just, I'm so glad that they had him do that role because he's just so, he's so funny. And like, you, you're right. Like, I think it really does speak to like people love, they must love working with Ryan Reynolds, like all of these friends that he got to kind of be a part of this movie, even just for a short amount of time. Um, it's just like really funny. And I'm sort of like, I'm kind of living for the Instagram post about it right now. <laughs> like he's, he posted about like, Oh, this is like, you know, a movie about friendship and he's posting pictures with all the people that were in it. And then you just see all these other like celebrities he's friends with that are like, Oh, why wasn't I invited? And it's very funny. But anyways, um, but yeah, it, it just kind of speaks to like, everybody was having so much fun doing this movie. You could tell like, and it just, it just, you just had that feeling that it, it wasn't trying to take itself too seriously. Um, it was just fun and they, they had a very specific thing they were trying to do with it. And then it just completely worked because they had fun with it. Like they committed to these characters and they did exactly the right thing that they should have done with it, but they had fun while doing it. It was like, you almost feel like they're like, I'm working with all of my best friends. So why wouldn't I be having fun? And that's really the total vibe that you get from this movie. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's why mostly I did really enjoy it. You kind of feel that coming through in the whole movie. All right, Justin, what about you? Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and, and this definitely is one of the, probably one of the best movies that has, or is based on, I guess you could say video game material, which I don't know. It's almost like you have to do two different categories because then, because you got movies like Detective Pikachu and Sonic and Super Mario Brothers, where it's like those are video game characters and we're doing a movie about them. And then you got stuff like Ready Player One or Wreck It Ralph or um, movies like this where yes they're based in a video game world there are going to be references and stuff like that but they're their own unique story and i don't think that it's a coincidence that those movies like when you look at something like wreck it ralph ready player one 
uh, this, they're usually better because I think there is a little bit more of a freedom when it's a movie like this, where you're not kind of handcuffed by, okay, we have to nail this character or we have to have these characters and what kind of story are we going to give these characters or, you you know, I feel like maybe this is just the, the way to go when it comes to some of these video game stories and stuff like that, because though Sonic and Detective Pikachu prove it can be done, um, still, I feel like Wreck-It Ralph and like this are higher quality, just better made movies. And I think it's because of the freedom that you kind of have with something like this. You can make a ton of video game references and stuff like that, but you have the freedom to kind of create your characters and work on your own kind of narrative. And I feel like this movie benefited so much from that. You know, it, it, it since it wasn't, since it didn't have to be the Fortnite movie or the Grand Theft Auto movie or whatever video game you're talking about, it didn't have to be like, okay, how do we take all these characters from this one game and make this story? We can just have references to that. Like Channing Tatum dropping out of the sky at the beginning of the movie is a Fortnite reference. You know, that's kind of how that game starts. You start as a character that you've created kind of like how we've seen all these people kind of come up with their own avatars and characters. And that's literally what happens. You drop from the sky and you're in this world. And now you're going against all these other players shooting each other and stuff like that. So you can have fun references like that in this movie, but you don't have to like capture the essence of Fortnite. You can just mention it. You know what I mean? And I think that that was like the magic of this because this whole story about this non-playable character who kind of becomes self-aware, it really was a great story, kind of like what Sterling was talking about. And it is something that gamers don't think about. But somebody was sitting there going, well, what about these characters? How would they feel? What would they do each day when when you got to wake up and your bank has to get robbed or you got to get ran over or blown up by a rocket launcher? Then you wake up and that life kind of repeats. So I like that story. But what was clever about the script was that they had these two human characters and this story that was going on with them and the and the code that they wrote and this video game they were trying to write where the characters actually evolve and stuff like that. And it was more of like, I guess, a spectator video game where you watch the characters evolve and stuff like that more so than play them. So I liked that. That was kind of cool. You got these code writers and these developers that are trying to do this thing over here. And there's this mystery about them trying to understand how their code was copied by our villain and everything. And then you've got what's happening here with this video game character becoming self-aware. And I love how all of that just kind of came together. It was just so well written to me, like how the, 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 the code that they were writing for their own video game meshed with this. And that was sort of how Ryan Reynolds was able to become self-aware. That's how 
you know, and that tied into the love story and everything that you guys already talked about. So I just loved how all of that went together. And any time they were making a video game reference, it was just done in a clever way. Like when uh Ryan Reynolds and um and Millie are fighting all of the different like enemies in the um in the in the like the Grand Theft Auto looking kind of car garage or whatever. And they're fighting in that compound and they're fighting all these enemies. And I loved how the enemies were just generic enemies that you see in all the games. There was a ninja and there was a cowboy and then there was um, like a, a scientist and there was like like all of these kind of generic video game enemies that you're used to fighting in all of these games and stuff like that they were there and you didn't have to spend too much time with them you didn't have to give them a name it was just one of those clever things that they did where it's like okay we get it you know what this is and i love that so you could sprinkle in those references and things like that to make it feel like we're in a game but you can still focus on your characters and telling that story and stuff like that. And yeah, I agree. Like, I also liked the dude character and how it was like a CGI Ryan Reynolds face over a bodybuilder's body. And that was really cool because not only was he funny, not only were all the, the references and yeah, like him saying catchphrase and all that. Not only was that great because he wasn't complete, but it also kind of perfectly matched up with Tyka's character and the fact that he's just this developer, Antoine, who copies all of these other ideas and properties and just tries to coin them off of his own. So, yep. of course, he, there would be this copy of Ryan Reynolds that he tried to make better and stuff like that. So not only did that work, but that was within the spirit of the villain character. So see, it all just like, like whoever wrote this, it was just so smartly written because even little nuances like that were there. So you could appreciate them. You know, you could just appreciate what they were doing. Um, and yeah, by the time you get to the end, like, or, or towards the end, like the third act and everything, it just all comes together very well. And yeah, like you said, Heather, I enjoyed all those conversations too. Like the pivotal conversation where Millie has to tell Guy that he's not real. And I like how all of that came off, but I also liked like where it went after that and the resolve of the character. And like um, whenever he's talking to uh, Little Rail or Buddy and then Buddy kind of tells him, well, Sure, yeah, you may not be real in that way, but this conversation we're having is real. I'm talking to my friend and it's real. I get to help. I'm trying, I get to help my friend with something. So even if all this other stuff isn't, that's real to me. You know, that, and I like that conversation too. Yeah. Like, not only was the, the the realization that he's not a real person conversation there but even that conversation to kind of change his motivation and resolve that was well done it was also very cool at the end before she even had to say that we can't really be in love and i have to say goodbye i love how guy already knew that and already kind of realized yeah, that this wasn't good. anything that was going to work you know like he 
beat her to the punch and was like, I know what you're going to say. You have to go. This is never going to work and everything like that. And even what he said at the end, you know, the reason why if what if the reason why I fell in love with you was because somebody wrote this or this code or because this is how the character was created, then that means that there's an author out there that really feels this way about you. So even though, yes, you could argue that you get kind of the stereotypical cliche realization at the end. That was one of the most interesting, most different ways that I've seen that done. You know what I mean? It wasn't I read it on a note or my friend character that has been following me around the whole time said something or, you know, I a a tape recording or, you know, it wasn't any of those things that we're used to seeing or used to seeing that played out. They came up with a very cool way to have that realization, but it also played into the plot of this because like you guys said, he fell in love with her in the first place because the guy that wrote him was in love with her. So I just think all of that worked like it it just worked so incredibly well. And that was the pleasant surprise of this movie. Anytime there was a plot point, it just seemed to work. It just seemed to flow what the characters were doing or what was happening. It all just seemed to flow together incredibly well. So, yeah, man, even though we say, yeah, this is just kind of a mindless good time and it's a fun time and all that stuff. And that's true. This is definitely all those things. But don't get it twisted, man. This was a very well thought out story. And it's not often that everything goes together quite as well as this did. So, yeah, all in all, my hat is off to them for just such a well told story with video games you know um so which which i think is just very cool no i mean you're absolutely right justin we do it does kind of diminish what this movie actually was when i was just saying that it was just a good time and all this other stuff because you are right it is incredibly well written to the degree of like i said the story is very paint by the numbers but they do such a good job of freshening up that paint by the numbers type of stuff we're used to. You know, you and me have had conversations in the past about, especially like rom-coms. We always know what A is going to be, and we always know what the end point is going to be. You know what I mean? We know the A point mm-hmm. and the Z point. We always know those points, especially in a rom-com. It's how do they get to those two points that matters? You know? Yeah, once you found out that she was trying to go through the game to find her secret code that Taikwatiti's character had stolen, you knew they were going to find it. You knew they were. But how they got there is what mattered. Yeah. And this is done in a very smart way. Uh, I think the reason why I think that this would work well as a video game, calling it a video game movie, is. I think if the people that wrote video game movies, I tend to feel like the studios with those and the writers that typically are just hired guns to write this shit are very much almost like the Taika Waititi character in this movie. Because what is he saying? It's all about the properties. It's all about the intellectual properties and the franchises. 
which I'm really kind of surprised Disney would allow that in, in a movie made by them because of, you know, how much their entire business model is built on intellectual properties and franchises. <laughs> I mean, copyright law in this country has changed because Disney wanted it to. Because they didn't want Mickey to end up in, you know, uh, public domain. Anyway. Um, but, like, that is kind of how a lot of studios approach video game movies. Like, that's exactly what Mortal Kombat felt like. It's just, hey, we want to make a movie with the property of Mortal Kombat. Do we care if we actually stick to the storyline that they've set up and that, you know, they've had for decades at this point or actually utilize the characters as they're portrayed in the movies? Oh, no, 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 no. Just fucking kill some people on screen. That's all that matters. Like, that's the mentality. And that's also the mentality of a lot of video game uh, studios, too. Like I was like- going to say that. Yeah. Especially with video games where mm-hmm. you have those yearly like, oh, look, it's Madden uh, 2021. And in this one, you're you're you can go to the <laughs> ice cream store or something during while you're doing your season like the stuff. They barely add anything. And then they just say, oh, look, it's a new game or, you know, there's hardly any new concepts. Like sometimes when get when sequels to games come out, it's the same kind of deal. Like it really is just the first game with just a few augmentations or DLCs or like DLCs. Sometimes there is no second game because they're they're just too busy pumping it full of DLCs. So why do we even need to do a second game? When we can just keep yeah. on adding on to this one, you know? And that works with certain franchises. Like right yeah, now, yeah. do they need to release another Smash Brothers? Really? No. Just keep throwing no. new characters <laughs> in the same one. That's true. That game I'm doesn't totally need to be all for that. <laughs> same, same with Street Fighter, really? You know? Like, you don't need a Street Fighter, what? It would be six, I guess, now? Because they did five, right? Either way. Yeah. Why yeah. release another one right now? Just keep adding some characters in. If you were to update and do a new version of the game, how much of it could you really change at this point? You know, like especially Smash Brothers. How much of that game are you really going to update? You know, yeah, they just need to release yeah. one on every console they do, and just keep adding characters. Like, there's no point in doing another one on the Switch because how different is it really going to be? Just keep charging people like five bucks every time you add a character. <laughs> Yeah, you know that that kind of works. But then you get into some of these games where it's like, you know, you can either spend five hundred hours grinding to get something, or spend ten bucks, <laughs> and just that type of mentality. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Um, but like when you were when you were talking about like the Madden franchise, you you could even talk about uh, like the WWE franchise in video games. Oh yeah, yep. Them what too. do they do? It's minor graphical updates, and they add some feature that 90% of the people that play the game don't give a fuck about. You know? <laughs> but they haven't done anything to really change those games in years. And there's that common thread of they're both made by EA. Go figure. Um, At least I think WWE is, right? It feels like an EA game. 
with how they keep doing I it. I think you're right, but it, but yeah, it sure does. If it, if you're wrong, then it sure feels like that. It does feel like that. I totally get. Like, what when you're was the last time that? they actually did something innovative in Madden? <laughs> you know, like it's but and they're always glitchy as hell too. Like they're like, yeah, look at how much better this one looks than the last one, and it's always just the most minute changes and glitchy as fuck. Like some of the worst collision <laughs> detecting ever, you know, and it's, it's always that bullshit, you know what I mean? But the diehards will always buy them. The diehard Madden people buy every Madden. When honestly, they could release Madden every three years, just update the rosters every year. <laughs> Charge me 10 bucks, update my roster. Bam, let's go again. But it's, it's, that's, it's that type of shit. And I feel like video game movies are often the same shit. They're typically written by people that don't give a fuck about the franchise. They don't, they're not, you know, they've hardly ever played the games or anything like that. And they just go, let's throw as much recognizable bullshit as we can into this. And that's all that matters. In a way, this movie did the same thing, but it almost kind of felt like at times like a parody of stuff. You know? Yeah. It would parody something. Or at the same time, or it'd be just like a little Easter egg. Because like you said, the whole falling from the sky thing, but then there was another time when somebody does the whole, like, uh, oh, and they, they leave the stash house the first time, and they've got that paraglider thing from Fortnite, too, if I'm thinking right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've the portal gun, or, yeah. Um, but it's a little thing like that, you know? Um, so it, it, it works in both ways. Plus, like a lot of these people, like with some of the characters, the way they portrayed some of the super, the quote unquote heroes with the shades and everything. You can't tell me if you're ever playing an online game that you haven't run across at least 90 of every one of those characters. Like they all, they talk the way fucking people talk. <laughs> right. No, they took, they took away a lot of like the racism and the sexism that you get with some of that shit. But this, the mentality was still the same. The attitude was still the same. And so, I mean, this game in a lot of ways felt like playing a video game. It felt like people playing a video game, which is more accurate than we get a lot of times, you know? Yeah, very true. And the fact that they even had gamer personalities, like you could have hired anybody to play these gamer people reacting to Free Guy but the fact that it's people that people know, you know, Pokimane and Ninja and I, I forget what that other guy's name is, but you it's know, like these something. are people with like, yeah, like Jack something. And they, and these are people with like millions of followers and they're all on Twitch and all that stuff just, and they play, you know, hell of video game. And that's pretty much their lives. And they're millionaires playing video games and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, dude, why couldn't I have gotten into that? Dude, I, maybe I still can. And I don't even I need to come up with an idea. I don't even play that many video games as much as I used to and stuff. And I've still spent some hours watching people do that shit. I've watched exactly. hours of Disguised Toast playing Among Us with Pokimane and, and, and Jack and Ninja. And like, I've watched them all sit there play Among Us. I've never played Among Us once in my life. But I enjoy the fuck out of watching people play it. Yeah, there's something about it. Like, there's something about watching somebody play and them 
reacting and experience. And I used to do that all the time with Resident Evil. I would let somebody play like Resident Evil and just see how they reacted to it. And I don't know. There's just always something fun about that. And don't get me wrong. Those people, it's not like you can just be anybody and do it. I mean, they're, they're captivating people. They have a charisma. You know, you, you very much have to have a charisma and you have to be able to create content and just imagine waking up every day and going, Okay, what kind of content am I going to create so that these millions of viewers watch this? That can't be easy, you know, so I don't want to make it seem like they're not doing anything either. But but either way, it was just great that I that they used them, that they actually paid for them to be on here. Because that helped the authenticity of it. They actually cared that, you know, the, the, it, it makes it makes it feel like, okay, somebody was aware of the gaming community and wanted there to be some authenticity with that. And I appreciate that because like you said, a lot of times when it comes to video games, it never seems like they care about that stuff, you know? Well, it kind of just shows that the person that wrote this movie plays video games. Yeah, probably does. Yeah, yeah. At least somebody that was involved in the writing and creating process of this movie. Yeah. Plays video games or understands video game culture now when it comes to like Twitch streaming and all that shit. You know, like that it would make sense that in nowadays culture, if you are a big video game, you should have Twitch streamers talk about your game. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's funny too, like the thing I love about like Twitch streams and all that other stuff when it comes to video games, you know, they either have to be great at video games, which is a lot of what we saw are the ones that are good at games or incredibly shit. And it's just funny to watch them suck at it, especially (laughs) when it's a team game where there's a bunch of people that are like top level video game players and like the one or two shitty people that don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're just friends with the people that know what they're doing. And it's just fun to watch the chaos. That's why <laughs> that I is funny, dude. Like, because the, there is a guy called Low Tier God. And, you know, he's got a lot of followers and everything like that. But he's called the Low Tier God. And it's funny because, like, he's pretty good at Street Fighter. I'll give him that. He's good at Street Fighter. But he's not that great at Smash, man. And he just has videos of him losing all the time and getting mad and blaming the mechanics or <laughs> complaining about this or that. And it's quite hilarious sometimes, you know, watching him lose at Smash Brothers. So I totally get what you're talking about with that. <laughs> and also, like, I liked the fact of the the guy that was chaining Tatum, like, was his avatar. I like the fact that he's like apparently a hugely popular streamer in this game in this world, but like his mom's vacuuming behind him right. and shit like that. <laughs> because we've all seen a video or something like that of somebody's like somebody's doing some sort of live stream or something, and just something chaotic happens behind them, you know, or it's like yeah, their mom walks in or something, and they're just like mortified from it. And it's like, well, if you're really that mortified, why would you upload the video? But it's funnier when it's live because you can't stop it. Um, <laughs> but it's like, we've seen that. That's a part of this culture too with it all. And I like the fact that that's what it was, that this guy was just, you know, gaming and his just mom's vacuuming. 
and stuff like that. And it just kind of also shows that disconnect of what, you know, he would consider important versus what she would consider important and all this other dichotomies. It's that nice little touch that we've had, you know, everybody's had before, you know what I mean? And yeah, that's true. You know, it's those like little touches with some of that stuff. I mean, it just kind of goes to show how kind of tapped into the culture this movie was like, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like the idea of that video game that they were talking about in this, where the characters just kind of evolve and all this other stuff. And you're not playing those characters. You just kind of watch it happen. So then it becomes a slightly more yeah. like continually ongoing interactive version of a movie. You know? Yeah, I think that's a good idea, too. <laughs> I just think that'd be fun if then you could be a character and just show up and, like, you just go and talk to these people and see how their lives are changing every day and shit like that. And, like, those little things, just see what they're doing this day versus the different day. Because, like, it's an AI system that is constantly evolving. I think that that's a fun little thing. I'd actually enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be cool. You know, it would be like the Sims, but almost like on autopilot, like you don't have to control anything. You don't have to do anything or Animal Crossing or any of those games where you have to kind of cultivate the world and perform all the actions, just kind of watching it happen. And yeah, like you said, if you could create your own avatar or your or just yourself or whatever and just have and then you're just walking around that you check in on day three or four and. Now your character is uh, teaching a class or you've joined some sort of group of some sort of society or something. That would be interesting. You know, <laughs> it would almost be like you have this whole other life playing out and you can just check in on it. You know, that, that'd be kind of fun, I think. Yeah, At the I very agree. least, interesting, you know. We'll see. And then in some twisted, like fucked up way also. I wonder how much, like, how close to real life it might end up getting. Like, would you start having video game murders in that society? Right. All these things, like, I would be fascinated to see if anything like that happened. Is there a character... Video game layoffs or something? Yeah. Yeah, like, (laughs) if, if crime started to happen or this and that, like, what factors led to that crime and all that other stuff just because it was a constantly evolving AI. Like... Yeah, I, I think that's what's so funny every time that they've done AI experiments or something like that, where they end up connecting it to the internet. How crazy some of that shit goes because of how people talk when they're anonymous online. Like so many AI bots and stuff like that end up becoming insanely racist or sexist or anything like that just because you go to just any online forum, you end up finding shit like that. Because, like I said, when people are anonymous, they, you know, show their true colors. And it's just kind of insane how often that happens. When, like, I think Microsoft did it, and they were, like, gave them a Twitter. And it was just, like, it was just constantly reading tweets from all over Twitter. And would just, to see, like, to just become, like, the AI's goal was to just become, like, a person on Twitter that you wouldn't be able to distinguish it from just being a random person on Twitter type of scenario. And I want to say it was like 15 hours or something like that before it started saying racist or Nazi shit. Because that's what Twitter's full of. 
And it's just, I'm kind of wondering <laughs> if that would happen on this. Cause there would be the online aspect. And while it wouldn't be directly like it gets information online for them to grow, but I'm just curious to see if how much of humanity, like the natural evolution of humanity and stuff like that has led to things like murders and crime and this and that, and those personality traits. I wonder if in a fully AI environment, if those same things could manifest. I mean, granted, you would have to allow that to happen. You also could code it to where, yeah, they can evolve and all this other stuff, but not kill. But I'm just curious to see if they could, if you had just all AI characters, how long it would take for somebody to get murdered? (laughs) And why? Why were they murdered? Was it a traffic accident? Did somebody steal somebody's wife? I just want to know, like on a sociological perspective, how would that happen in this game? And I know that's fucked up, but like, I spent so much of my life invested in stuff like that. So I'm just curious to see how that would happen in that type of enclosed environment. Yeah, an enclosed environment where it's just the characters growing into their own characters even more. So very much like real life where what makes these people decide to murder what are they murdering over so yeah it would be basically like you're observing a whole group of people a whole world or a life of people and like why are they doing the actions they're doing you know and it's also fascinating too because it would be a society that's like in essence to begin with utopian because right people would only have the jobs that they wanted to do, you know, like what they're passionate about and what, you know, made them happy and shit like that. Like, so like you would lose some of the social structures that we have that do add those types of things into our society. Like, you know, would people just be running around stealing shit if financial gain was taken out of the equation? I'm sure eventually there would be somebody. But it's like without that factor, how yeah. long does it take it to develop? And then why does it develop? Same with like murder, you know, and stuff like that. Like when you don't have some of the stresses that we have in our everyday society, would that be as common of a thing? Or would people find other outlets to alleviate that maybe desire in them? Now I really want this game. Yeah, it's funny because uh, my friends and I kind of touched on some of that stuff because um, one because uh, one of my friends was discussing a possibility of a part two of this movie, and you know we all kind of agreed that I don't know if this needs a part two. Like it felt like it just ended perfectly, but we were like, well, but if there was a part two. I mean, if all of these AIs are becoming self-aware, what's to stop somebody from becoming evil? Or what's to stop someone from saying, well, I want more than what I have? Or, and then what would cause them to, like, what would cause restraint if an AI evolves to that thought process? What would essentially stop them from wanting more? You know, because wouldn't they? Wouldn't what, what? Isn't it possible that one of them would say, "Well, I want more than what I have," and not be satisfied? Could if their consciousness consciousness is constantly developing and stuff like that? I mean, just like how Ryan Reynolds eventually 
wanted a different kind of coffee, well, would it be possible for somebody to say, well, I want what that person has or I want more than what is than what the default programming has given me? I mean, you know, and essentially you could have someone who uh, an AI that becomes evil, you know, so we did talk about that a little bit. It's funny. So it's funny that you're kind of mentioning it, not to that degree, but yeah, we did touch on some of those things. So that's funny. If you're going to do a sequel to this, what it has to be is that somehow these characters get on the actual internet and they do devolve. <laughs> and so you go into this mm. utopian society and it's just mayhem. And guys yeah. like the one person, guy and buddy are the only two pure people left. <laughs> yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's keys and Millie and them trying to figure out if they can fix it within the code, like the, the parameters of the game, or if they would have to just wipe it out and start over again. That could be the ultimate dilemma. But then at the same time, I'd much rather, I'd almost much rather this movie just be a standalone movie. Yeah. 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 I think it just works well as it is. It doesn't need that extra element of something else because you would have to base it solely in that society or you would have to move him to a different game or something. And then it kind of just becomes Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, (laughs) basically. Yeah. Which honestly, as much as like that would be derivative and all this other stuff, it actually kind of almost be fun to see Ryan Reynolds be buddy or be guy in other video games. That would be funny. Like him just going around to different video games. Like he just shows up in mortal Kombat, and he's just like, Oh no, what are they doing? Right. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that aspect of it would be funny. You know what I mean? Just like throw him in all these wild video games and just be like, Oh no, that's not good. And just have him just stay buddy, the, or I keep calling him buddy. Have him just stay guy the whole time. I, I think that would be funny. Yeah, it would be. Also, as a side note, I meant to mention this earlier. Um, the guy who plays Mouser, um, Budkarsh, um, Budkar, he's actually become like one of my favorite, just like random sidekick characters. He's like the Judy Greer of like, male sidekicks now like he's just in so many things as a side character or a sidekick and but he does such a good job every time he's so funny so i just yeah i i'm i'm glad that i'm seeing him more like the first thing i ever saw him in was pitch perfect but like he's he's in blind spotting and he's in britney runs a marathon he's in this he's in just so many other random parts of movies but he just really kills it in everything he does so i i meant to say that earlier i really liked him in this too wasn't he also in that improv rap group with lynn manuel oh was he that would make sense he is a great freestyler but yeah yeah he's in that wait no that's not this i thought he was though i thought he was in that group no idea, but I could have sworn I thought he was in that. I could be wrong, though. Yeah, I'm not sure. He does some really good, like, freestyle stuff with, like, Dovey Diggs a lot and um, Raphael Casal. Um, yeah. I've seen him do, like, a bunch of videos with them. 
But I kind of would like to see a Lin Manuel Miranda and him do something. I'll have to look. That I think up. they did do something in a college humor short. Okay, yeah, I bet that's good. But I also can't remember the name of that shit. That He's in Mulan. In. I didn't realize that. The movie's very forgettable, though. <laughs> that's also true. He was also in In the Heights. Oh wait, was no. he? No, nope, that's not true. I'm I'm mm. I'm going through Lin Manuel Miranda's thing, trying to find that thing I was talking about earlier. Mm. And so I just mixed those together in my head. My bad. Lin Manuel Miranda was in In the Heights, and that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. You were just looking at the wrong name. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> yeah, College Humor Originals. Oh, he he plays M Night Shyamalan. Actually, it says. <laughs> well, he he plays a few of them. That's funny. I would like to see him playing M. Night Shyamalan, so I kind of need to go look at that. God, it's going to drive me nuts. I'm trying to find the shit, <laughs> and I cannot find it. Why can't I find it? It's going to drive me nuts. We should move on. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about with this movie? Uh, no, I think I'm good. No, I think we nailed it. On that note, then, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or uh, Cinema Slayers podcast on Facebook. We're Cinema underscore Slayers on Twitter and Instagram. We're Cinema Slayers pod on uh, the good old TikTok. Go on there and watch me do five straight months of reviewing a different movie every day. And that's kind of hard under a minute. Just saying. So check all that out. Uh, give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate that. That'd really help us out. Uh, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends' family, tell your family's friends, um, especially those mothers. Did you know what mothers love? Ryan Reynolds. And I don't blame them, because we all love some Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> so I'm just saying, tell them to check this out. And as always, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight. Oh, wait, before that. Shout out to Plug Me Go and Mundo Ochoa for our theme song and uh, logos, respectively. And now remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a picture, best picture winner. Now kick, now kick, now walk it by yourself. Now walk it by yourself. Nice. It's the freestyle love supreme. Was the group I was trying to figure out. Oh, he is in it, and he is in that. Nice. See, I'm not crazy. I knew that. I just couldn't figure it out. So there. And I'm ignoring what you're saying, Justin. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs>